Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome back to another episode of Blockchain and Beyond. As always, I'm your host, Razan. On today's episode, we'll be discussing seed phrases and also hardware and software wallets. The question of hardware and software wallets is a common one that comes up when talking with people that I work with, and many don't understand the benefits. So that's what I'll be hoping to cover today. And as part of that, I'll be covering the idea of seed phrases, what they are and why we need them, as it fits in quite well with the concept of these wallets. So I'll begin with the idea of seed phrases. And during this part, I won't distinguish between the different types of wallets. I will refer to all wallets as wallets just to keep things nice and simple. So when you install a wallet on your desktop or your mobile phone, the most common one I've seen people use is MetaMask, which is an open source wallet, which means all of the code is viewable online. The application will ask you to set up an account or rather set up a password and then provide you with a seed phrase. And this seed phrase is a set of 12 words. And what goes on behind the scenes is when you set up your MetaMask wallet, it generates a set of private keys for you. The private key is what is used when you sign transactions to send some cryptocurrency to one person or another or to interact with a smart contract. And without it, you can't access any of your crypto. The biggest problem is that this seed phrase is a long list of alphanumeric values. Um, so it will look more or less like gibberish or it will be quite difficult to remember. And this is where seed phrases come in. So there has been a standard setup called BIP39, which stands for Bitcoin Improvement Proposal. And this was initially created as something to support Bitcoin, but was eventually adopted by many other wallets and became almost a standard. So BIP39 outlines a list of 2048 words of which you will generally be given 12 or 24 of in a specific order. These words can then be put through a specific algorithm to generate your private keys. And I probably can't stress this enough, but the private keys are the most important things when it comes to your crypto holdings. Without your private keys, you won't have access to any of your assets or you won't be able to make any sort of transactions. So it's so important that you keep these safe. And most people ask me the best way to do it. The best way is probably to keep them somewhere offline. So whether that's writing them down on a piece of paper, um, there's even a few services which will help you um, engrave your seed phrase onto like a metal sheet at home. Um, and that is meant to be safe from, you know, any any fires, um, any acid. So it's meant to be really robust um, and will probably keep your keys safe for a lot longer than a piece of paper might do. The general recommendation also is not to store them online if you can. There's a lot more vulnerabilities online and there's a higher risk that the service you're storing them on um, may be compromised or your own computer might be compromised and you could potentially lose your keys. Now that we've got the idea of seed phrases um, and the importance of keeping them safe out of the way, we can begin to discuss hardware and software wallets. So these are the two main types of wallets that we will come across. And software wallets or digital wallets refer to wallets which exist on either your phone or your desktop and are usually managed through some sort of software or extension. This is in contrast to a hardware wallet which is a specifically built piece of hardware made for storing keys and that's its only purpose. They usually have limited memory and again limited functionality but it's usually very good at what it does. So the main benefit of using software wallets or digital wallets is that 
it's generally a lot easier to interact with different applications online. So for example, I use MetaMask as my software wallet when I visit a website, for example, Uniswap or PancakeSwap, it immediately presents me the option to connect to the website using my MetaMask wallet and it takes about two or three clicks of the mouse and it's all set up for me and I can begin using the application right away. Another feature of software wallets is that you can quite easily add different cryptocurrencies or different blockchains to the software that you're using. For example, MetaMask makes it very easy to add different blockchains to the service. So for example, on my one, initially it comes with Ethereum. However, since then you can add Binance Smart Chain, Polygonmatic, or any other blockchain that has been set up to be used with MetaMask in the first place. On the other hand, hardware wallets are generally more limited in the number of cryptocurrencies they support. They do have a list of the ones they support and the ones which are in development. And this is unique to each hardware wallet. So for example, I use the Ledger hardware wallet. I can visit their website at any time and see which cryptocurrencies they actually support. So I can choose to move my cryptos if I wish to. Smaller coins will be easier to interact with when using a software wallet such as MetaMask. Um, whereas it may be more difficult to do so with a hardware wallet. And it's kind of just occurred to me that I discussed how a software wallet may work or how easy it is to interact with it. Um, but with a hardware wallet, when you want to make a transaction, you actually need to have the physical device with you. And then when you want to execute the transaction, you will have to manually confirm it on the physical hardware device. So this is an added layer of security, which prevents any unauthorized transactions from happening, which is a possibility if you've interacted with certain smart contracts or malicious websites. And because of this fact, it makes you a lot more mindful of the transactions that you are doing as you need to verify each transaction manually. So those are the main ideas behind both software and hardware wallets, but the more important part is probably more to do with the security of these wallets. With software wallets, your keys are stored on your device. So if you're using a browser, the keys will be stored in the configuration files, which are stored somewhere on your computer. The risk here is if you interact with a malicious website or you download a virus, for example, which is made for looking for this information, the malware which had been installed probably has a good chance of finding your keys, which could potentially mean you losing access to your keys and thereby your crypto. Honestly, the best way to counter this is to have just good security hygiene to ensure that you're running regular antivirus checks, make sure you're not downloading any files you don't trust or you haven't verified, um, only interacting with websites that you trust or from official sources. Um, that would honestly be the best way to, to prevent this. I've personally not had any issues. Um, I do try to keep generally safe while browsing the internet um, and, and there's always risks when interacting with any websites that you're not sure of. On the other hand, with hardware wallets, the biggest thing I've noticed is that they generally have limited storage. So the hardware wallets are specifically built to run certain software um, and to store only a limited amount of keys. The benefit of this is that if anyone was to try compromise your hardware wallet, say for example, it got stolen, it would be very difficult for them to one crack any security features on there. It would also be very difficult for them to install any sort of um, malware on the actual hardware device because there is such limited storage. So overall, in terms of security, I would personally go with hardware wallets 
but hardware wallets do make it a bit more difficult to actually interact with certain applications. However, there are now ways to connect your hardware wallet, or in my case for Ledger, to MetaMask to interact with applications on different blockchains. And all of this still requires me to manually confirm any transactions on my hardware wallet. So I am in complete control of everything that is going on with, with my crypto and my keys. Now I'll, I'll go over some other, I would say, not misconceptions, but questions that people usually raise. Um, and the first one is that Bitcoin does not live in your device or your crypto does not live in your device. So your crypto exists on the blockchain and this is accessed through your private keys. So when you generate a set of private keys, for example, using MetaMask, if you deleted the browser, got a new computer, um, reinstall MetaMask on your new computer, as soon as you enter your seed phrase, you would again have access to all of your, your assets. So you can say that these software wallets and hardware wallets are just representing the holdings with the associated private key. The next one is that your seed phrases can be recovered into different brands of software wallets or even hardware wallets, as long as they all follow the BIP39 protocol. So for example, I can take my seed phrase from my ledger and implement it into a Trezor or even a, a cold card, which is a new type of hardware wallet. I can also import my seed phrase into software wallets such as MetaMask or Trust Wallet and I would have access to all of my cryptos again. And I guess the third point is that with a hardware wallet, you don't need your hardware device to actually receive any cryptocurrencies. You can retrieve your public address from your hardware wallet and you can store them somewhere and you can send it to anyone whenever, but you don't actually need your physical hardware device to receive any cryptocurrencies. You only need it to actually send cryptocurrencies because this is when you you need to use your private key to verify these transactions. And I think that's all for me. I covered all, everything that I wanted to. I got through discussing both hardware and software wallets and the idea of seed phrases, which is usually where a lot of people get confused. And they don't understand the difference between the seed phrase and the password they may set up for the applications. Um, and it's quite an important part because the seed phrases are, you know, which ultimately give you access to all of your holdings and without it, you can, you could, you could lose everything. As always, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys. If you do have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on social media. It will be a pleasure to hear from you and yeah, until next time, goodbye.